It's funny. People always be like, don't forget about the little people. It's like, why do they refer themselves as little anyway, you know? Why don't you just get big with me? They can see it in my eyes. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Jonathan's Title Podcast, a partner of MoshPitNation.com. This week's guest is Nick DePero of Night Verses. Nick is one of the many talented musicians that make up the trio that is Night Versus now, currently. Uh, if you follow him on Instagram or any of the members of the band, for that matter, Riley and Eric, uh, just see the level of talent that these guys are consistently putting out in Instagram video bursts and even on the records and so forth. Um, I've wanted to talk to Nick for a very long time just because I think he's really talented and there's just a lot you know, I wanted to ask him. So it was really awesome uh, for me to have reached out to him via Instagram, actually, uh, when he started posting snippets of what would become uh, stuff for his new solo EP. And he thankfully agreed to come on the podcast and do a chat. And I'm uh, looking forward to getting that, uh, that chat out to you. It's about 45 minutes, so it's a little bit on the shorter side, but it's really cool. We talk all things uh, night versus new and old, and we also get into the solo EP, as well as talking about working with Ross Robinson and... Fans' ex- expectations going into into the Vanishing Light, which would be the last record that had Douglas uh, from the X the Sleeping now at this point and X Night Versus on the album as well. And uh, yeah, there's just a lot of cool stuff going on in this. Uh, if my voice sounds a little rougher than usual, uh, that would definitely be because uh, I've been doing a lot of uh, talking uh, in loud bars, which always creates a uh, rough voice the next couple of days. And I ended up doing a podcast with uh, the discography discussion guys uh, going over all things Lamb of God, so you can look forward to that or not look forward to that. I'm not entirely sure, uh, but it was really nice to have them uh, invite me over again to, to do some talking about some metal. But, uh, yeah, if you could hear that, that is uh, me enjoying a nice cup of RoboCup coffee from the Bean Bastard, one of our official sponsors of the podcast. It's uh, helping me get through doing these uh, intros and outros for these podcasts coming up, keeping my voice nice and uh, lubricated to sound as good as it possibly can in its haggard-ass state. Uh, so I want to thank The Bean Bastard for supporting this podcast. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram at The Bean Bastard, and you can go to their website, thebeanbastard.com, and pick up a couple of the various blends of fresh roasted coffee that they have. Uh, we'll be doing a new ad here pretty soon for them as well, but... Major shout-out to the Bean Bastard, not only for helping me get through these intros and outros, uh, but for making a damn good cup of coffee. Uh, Typically not big on coffee, but I I must say that I've thoroughly enjoyed the three different uh, blends that I have between the RoboCup, the Life Preserver, and uh, I think my my favorite uh, everyday drink uh, is actually the Panama blend. Um, So go to TheBeanBastard.com, pick up a bag of your own, and enjoy what I am currently enjoying. Listen to this again. That's good. And uh, we're going to kick off this episode right before we get into my chat with Nick with another sponsor of the podcast. That is the band Heartsick, formerly No Life, out of Lansing, Michigan. You can actually go back and check out an episode I did with those guys about a year ago. Uh, Alfonso and I have known each other a very, very long time. And so it's always great to have uh, friends supporting what I'm doing. So we're going to play this episode into my chat with Nick with their newer song, Mike and Drew. 
Uh, it's the first single off of their upcoming album. Uh, there's not a whole lot I can say about it currently because it is still being recorded, mixed, mastered, and all that kind of stuff. But this is the first single to whet your appetite until then. So without further ado, this is Heartsick with Mike and Drew, followed by my chat with Nick DiPero.
hear me okay or yeah we can hear you good good all right i will uh kind of get into it so that way i don't take up too much of your time yeah sure so i have the pleasure this afternoon of talking with nick DePiro of night versus uh how are you doing this afternoon doing very well so you are a couple of weeks out from getting ready to put out your new record, Gallery of Sleep, out June 29th via Graphic Nature and Equal Vision Records. Uh, you yeah. just dropped a new single, I think, about an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we just released Infinity Beach, and, which uh, is uh, probably with... Well, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just going to say, uh, talk a little bit more about it. Yeah, I mean, it's that one's probably more of our, uh, I guess, one of the mellower sides of the record. But it's one that we we're really stoked to write because it's kind of more of our I guess like Pink Floyd influence and a lot of the the atmospheres of that song um, were kind of taken from those vibes and like for me on guitar it was probably one of the more challenging things to write because of that like being more um, I guess feely and like having more depth to the kind of lead I would play like generally for me. Pink Floyd, I, I really love and respect that band, but they're not a band I've always kind of like listened to. Right. So for me, like the rest of my band, um, Eric and Riley, like they're super into that, into them. And um, my dad always played them and stuff growing up. So like I was always aware of them and their style, but uh, I had to really kind of listen to them and draw, I guess, inspiration from that to kind of write some of the, the parts of the song. It's interesting that you say it was a little challenging for you because of having to find the right feel to it. And to me, that's really what defines your style is it just has a lot of feel to it that I don't think, you know, if people were to try to replicate the same thing that you're playing, even if you gave them like, you know, tabs or whatever, it doesn't have like your your hands on it, literally. So I don't I think it's kind of interesting that you're like, oh, this song was really hard because it doesn't, it was hard for me to find the feel as someone that I think has a lot of feel to their playing style. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just a different type, I guess, of feel. And I think because the part is so um, kind of open and kind of reliant on what I'm playing, at least in the the section I'm talking about of it, which right. is more the more or less the intro. Um, yeah, I mean, there's. I guess I just wanted to make sure I did it right and kind of paid good homage to the type of leads that they would have done back then. And even you know, Opeth, like I listened to a lot of them, and so indirectly. I think the Pink Floyd influence kind of happens because of some of the bands I listen to also being influenced by them. Um, like lead wise, solo wise, like those are the types of people I would tend to draw from if I were to go for that. I mean, I don't do a lot of solos or like, Traditional I guess solos. those types of leads. Yeah. Like yeah. it's more like I play lead often, but it's a little bit of a different approach for me personally when I, I try to do it that way. It's always been kind of interesting to me listening to your music because when, you know, my wife and I ended up finding out about you guys uh, when we went to go see our friends uh, in Harvard when you guys did were the opening band on them, the Let Live Harvard tour. Yeah. And we're just kind of blown away by you guys. Like, starting off the night, it was like, holy shit. Like, I <laughs> uh, wasn't, wasn't expecting that and became, like, instant fans. But, you know, in following the band over the last handful of years since, since that tour – you know, one of the few players that kind of I always likened you to, and, I, and it's not necessarily going to be a, a reference that people are going to be like, oh, I hear it. It's just more so like the approach, I guess, was always kind of like Stevie Ray Vaughan, like where he, he can play a lot of lead, but he kind of does it with his rhythm playing. 
the rhythm playing sets up his lead abilities. And I've always kind of thought you find that, that balance between the two, like where one sets up the other very well. And I don't know if that's actually an influence of yours or not, but it's something I've always kind of saw parallels between. That's awesome. I mean, I honestly, I've never really been too into the guitar virtuoso type dudes. Like, you know, like Joe Satriani, like those kinds of guys were never really, an influence on me specifically like i've always appreciated things i've heard from them because obviously they're amazing and legends for a reason but yeah it was never um i guess something i I would take from personally right but i think the the fact that i'm the only guitar player in our band and like i'm always trying to or we all are always trying to fill as much sound as we can or space with um our instruments and stuff i kind of tend to play like between rhythm and lead often so i guess by that like that kind of just naturally happens maybe um kind of bridging both of them together kind of in speaking to the the new record what made you guys want to choose to go with will i mean typically the the style of bands that he typically produces is not really what you you are known for really so it was kind of interesting to see you guys go with him to me yeah i mean we've been fans of his recordings i think he's one of the best for um like modern heavy music i think he's a he captures a great um and i think he, like a great sound and i think he's been even though he does t- like the bands who go to him typically do have similar styles mm-hmm. i think his recordings are different per record like per band and i've always appreciated that and i'm personally like i mean we all are fans of heavy music but i've always been into like the metal side of things and um so for me personally, like I always wanted to work with him because I thought, you know, he's great at that. And I think we have a lot of elements that cater to that type of recording as well, or that type of recording would cater to a lot of the stuff that we would make. Um, and I think, you know, last the last record we did, we actually were going to, like Will was one of the people we were planning to record with as well. Mm-hmm. And then Ross Robinson came into the picture and kind of like we decided to go that route instead. And Will actually was initially going to engineer that record as well that would have been both of them but it just ended up not going that way um and so yeah we're we're just stoked to work with him i mean he's great at what he does and also he he really gets kind of what we're going for um style wise i think he understands and comes from very similar music and i think you know even if you look at him just on the cover maybe you would just think like he's just a metal dude Mm -hmm. but he has like just as many influences and all this stuff as like we would and um really like when he would describe us like or what like his thoughts on our band and like his kind of goals for what we would do it's always pretty much on the same exact page as what we want and working with him is awesome because he's also a really good guitar player and a songwriter himself um writes a lot of music and so it was really cool kind of bouncing our existing ideas off of him and having him kind of like so like he he didn't do a lot like he didn't like go in and be like okay you guys gotta do all this stuff differently but he would have really cool random suggestions that we'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, we didn't do that yet, so let's try it, and then it would end up working um, most of the time. And, yeah, it was cool having his influence and input on this record for sure. Kind of uh, speaking to working with Ross, um, I had Doug on a, probably about a year ago now. Like it was, in, it was before it was announced that he was no longer in the band, and coincidentally I didn't right. really want to talk much about the band, so it kind of worked out. But it was very interesting to kind of see, like, oh, a couple of weeks later it was like, oh, he's not in the band and this whole thing. But we had talked about working with Ross because I I remember the, the hype being very 
fever pitch, at least from as a fan's perspective, reading things like, you know, when you guys announced who you were working with as far as recording this new record. And, you know, as someone in my mid-30s now, like Ross Robinson is a legendary producer, has pretty much touched everything that I love uh, from modern, you know, metal and so forth. And, you know, I always kind of like getting some stories about working with Ross because, you know, everyone knows that he's a very intense, hands-on producer, but I always love hearing, like, what's something that working with him taught the individual about themselves or about their their craft that maybe they weren't aware of and have tried to apply it since. So is there anything that working with Ross that you were, like, you know, he sat you down and kind of maybe, you know, explained something or I don't know? No, he's definitely, I would say probably 90% of the stories told about him are pretty on point. Like, he's very unique um, in his approach to recording and just pretty much just existing. Like, he's definitely on a different level, and there's so much genius to what he does that I don't think there will be another Ross in the same way that he is. Like, it's very, I appreciate very much, like, his his style and his approach to music and uh, interpretation, or interpreting uh you know, everyone's ideas and things like that. And I think for me, my takeaway, um, one of the things like he, it's kind of funny. Like he's very anti, um, open note, I guess you could say. So (laughs) for him, like we'd go in and like play our songs and stuff. And like, I'm pretty reliant when I write stuff. Like I like it, you know, when I write heavier things, like it goes in drop C at least, like I'm going to hit the open note eventually. Like that is going to be like the heavy moment or maybe it happens a few times, whatever. And to him, um, he was very like, yeah, that's not heavy. So like, you got to find a way to make it heavy without hitting that note, which to me, I'm like, well, that is the heaviest note. So I don't know how it could be heavier <laughs> than that, but okay. And sometimes like we would, for example, um, there's a song dialogue and cataplexy on that record mm-hmm. and the verse has a progression in it. So like every time there's like these big hits, it switches notes. Initially, I didn't do that. I just went open every time. And when I listen back to the demo version, um, it sucks compared to that. Like, I hear that, I'm like, damn, like, that totally makes sense. Like, my version, what I was trying to do is not even close to being as exciting as what just the little difference that he had me do in that made a huge difference. So, like, that that change was really cool. Um, and it's just it's just an interesting perspective because he, he kind of challenges your thought. So, like, you go in there comfortable with yourself and thinking, like, okay, I'm going to go in and execute this shit I practiced for however long before we went here these are the songs like traditional, like how bands go to a studio and he's like, nah, like throw the wrench in all your stuff and like, make sure that, you know, and it's not, I don't think he does it generically. Like, I don't think he just like goes in and hears a band. He's like, no, I'm just changing everything. I think he just, he definitely, I think applies his approach to every band, but I think the outcome is always going to be different based on everyone's response to it and reaction to it. And I think our band, like fortunately, I think everyone in our band is like a pretty good player. Mm-hmm. And so the, adapt- the adaptation process wasn't difficult as much as just like we had to kind of like sit back and be like, okay, like we're going to Ross to get a Ross recording. Like this is going to be the experience. So we made sure to kind of just let him do whatever he thought was cool right. and just ran with it and did our best to to do his interpretation of what he thought we should do. Like just always like at our best with that. And so our biggest takeaway would be, you know, the full experience of it um, and not trying to, like, go against the grain with it. And, you know, there are moments where, with the whole progression thing, um, like, there are some times where, like, I wouldn't necessarily think 
that would be like what I would do. So like I would do a part and be like, I don't know if this is like the best representation of like me on this song, but then the takeaway would be like, well, the song as a song is a lot better because of the way the vocals are now kind of on the forefront. Mm-hmm. And maybe like, instead of me playing like a, a riff or a lead, I'm not playing like more of a chord or like a rhythmic type of thing and right. like kind of backing the progression and those kinds of things, like they make a big difference for the song and it becomes less of a selfish, like my guitar part and more just like, okay, now more people can just listen to this and like zone out on it and like get into it instead of just focusing on whatever I thought was going to be the part, you know, like that, that kind of stuff I think was pretty important just songwriting wise. Like now I definitely, like when I write riffs, there'd be often times where I would do, and I still do this um, just because it's like my natural go-to thing, but maybe you write a part where the first three bars of it are kind of the same thing. And then the fourth bar is a change. And with him, maybe like the first, second and third bar all change kind of thing. Like like he he has like a lot of different um, things like that, that kind of make you think a little bit out of your normal box, I guess. And in terms of like the crazier stuff, like he definitely those things like he wouldn't let us sit while we track. <laughs> so no matter what, like I had to stand up. I did all of my pedal switches, like everything I did would be like song start to finish. Um, and then other than like when I would switch from clean to distortion, cause we'd switch amps, but, uh, anything that was just like one distortion run, like if there wasn't clean for three minutes, I played those distorted parts all the way through. And it would be like, I would do all my pedal switches, like everything would happen live. And he would um, kind of like push us to just be as it, like, I guess into it as possible. Like, I mean, I, we're dripping sweat after every take kind of thing. Like it was intense, like very intense in that sense. And, you know, like with the drums, I think Eric is a super, super good technical, like very like mathematical with his approach to writing as well as just like, he has a lot of feel too, right. but he knows exactly like how to execute everything that is in his head. Yeah. And very well. And so with Ross, I think Ross wanted to kind of take him out of that more. So it was very interesting to see like everyone kind of adapt in that scenario to um, just purely, I guess, purely going off of feel and trying not to think too hard about what you're doing. And that that's kind of like one of his biggest things too. like, don't like this isn't about just like what's in your head. It's about like what you feel, I guess. Yeah, it always seems like he gets more – it's not about perfection because perfection isn't – there's no feeling to it. It's very cold and, and lifeless. Yeah, he and loves so, mistakes. Yeah, yeah. He loves mistakes. So if, like, you mess up and you're like, oh, shit, he's like, no, that's it. That's the take. And you're like, that I, but I fucked up. And, like, he's just like, <laughs> no, that's it. And, like, you kind of hear – like, I listen back to that recording, and there are little moments where I'm like, damn, I, maybe, like, I guess technically I could have played that a little cleaner. But, like, it also – provides a unique experience because it's like okay well when that part comes back it's not copy and pasted over to the next part like it's it's different every time right and like that's pretty cool like i I do have like i do like hearing things that way on the record and i don't know just as an experience it was just the most unique recording process we've ever had for sure and i think what he did with doug was awesome i think uh having having doug go to him was like one of the cooler things to to see happen because you could just see him taking like the raw essence of Doug and just like really pushing it to like its max capacity, I felt. And like the intense parts are super intense. And then having Doug, like, I don't know, it's just, like, it's just so different. And it, it is like, as much as it's like, there's a lot to explain. It's like, kind of like 
seeing it happen is like easier. I don't know how to explain it. It's, there's so much that happened in that process, but it was definitely awesome. Adversely, you know, I kind of talked a little bit about how the fans reaction to it initially was, you know, this can't wait to hear what happens with this record. You know, you guys being a crazy live band and a lot of feel, a lot of energy and you know, your unique, your unique sound with raw should be really interesting to see. And it kind of seemed like, you know, you guys have never been one to really do kind of the same thing record, like from the EP to uh, lift your existence and then into, into the vanishing light or anything. So it was kind of interesting for me to see fans, not seemingly take to the record and and I don't really know what it is. I don't know if the the suicide silence thing is kind of what tainted some people on <laughs> on some of it on the expectation of what you guys were going to put out. I mean, I yeah. don't know, but I mean it just I mean like how passionately you just spoke about and how much the experience of working with Ross and what it meant to you all collectively and what it, you know it has allowed your band to do and grow. It, it would, I always kind of wondered, and I didn't really ask Doug this, but I was going to say, like, how was it from your guys' perspective? Like, you know, you literally went through this transformation of writing this record, and it just kind of seemed you're like, man, everyone seems really behind us, and then you put it out, and it's just kind of like, meh. No, I mean, I get it. I think from a fan perspective of other bands, like, you don't really, you get really into a band's sound, and then when they put out a record that's not the same as what you just got into, it's a little frustrating because you're like, well, shit, like I loved this band because of this. And now like some of that's not there anymore or something. And you think like, oh, they're just going to change forever. And that happens sometimes. And sometimes it's for the best. Sometimes, you know, you lose your favorite band to that, I guess. Right. I think for us, um, it was never really a fear for us of like, we're changing. It was more just like, this is a Ross Robinson record with us. Like this is just, this will just now exist. And I think it was like, also, like, uh, it was, it was an important record for us to do. I think having that influence and kind of like, now we have a, another additional perspective when we write songs, like we, we do, I'm sure all of us collectively in our heads, like think of Ross and like, think of some of the moments we had while we write stuff now. And like, you know, would he think this is cool sometimes? Like, I'm sure that happens occasionally, even if we don't always talk about it. And, uh, I don't know. I from I, I get I get that. I think also the recording itself was a little um, more like rough around the edges compared to our previous recordings. Not as like crisp and clean and like like I said because we had moments where you know I mean we tracked all the drums live too. So that's the other thing is like we had all of us in a room together and we played um, our amps are in different rooms. We're all wearing headphones. We're in the same room with Eric and we're playing the songs and he would have Eric play it like six seven times like per song like all the way through so every take was just one thing and we didn't use a click track so like the whole recording is just not to a click so ross would make his own grid like so for example we would finish drums for a song or um i think we did the entire record of drums first and then we started piecing uh bass guitars and vocals and we would do it day by day so it'd be like in the morning we do vocals then bass and then guitar and it would be pretty much a song a day was the goal for that. And I think in those moments, it was interesting because Ross would create a grid off of, say, like he would grab one of Eric's hi-hats mm-hmm. and just like copy it a few times in his own grid to like make a click out of that. Right. But like the feels were never, it was never 100% on something. So you right. kind of have to like feel it out. And I think like those little things like happening maybe um, could have created some lack of I guess maybe like clarity we would have had on previous record, but I think that's kind of what made it 
more of a unique experience listening. Um, and I don't know, like I, I see, I think there's like, there were some differences in terms of maybe the aggressiveness that we might've had before. Maybe it wasn't as like on every song. It was, there was a little bit more, I guess, dynamic or like different things we kind of went for with Ross. Um, but from our perspective, like writing musically and stuff, like we wrote basically, I would say with your existence part two before we went to Ross and then we ended up coming out with Into the Vanishing Light. Right. So now our new record now that we're about to put out is definitely like still like we're, we never changed, you know, like it's, right. it's like, I understand everyone's perspective if they felt any way about it, but we're still the same dudes, like who we are. We still have the same influences. Like this new record is definitely us kind of just going all out with everything we like. And I think because of that, people who liked our previous stuff before into the matching light, I would assume would be pretty stoked. Um, in terms of, I mean, well, I don't know if they're going to be stoked, but I know that at least <laughs> we can say, like, like it'll, it'll cater to, I think, their expectations of what they thought we were going to do more. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting in kind of once the band, you know, you guys announced the split with Doug and you guys are going to continue on, at least the three of you, you know, I know a lot of speculation was, you know, are you guys going to keep the name? Or are you going to be something else? Was there ever, really ever talks to not be Night Versus and go back to the entity that the three of you were before it became Night Versus? No, I mean, of course, we, we discussed the possibility of switching things up. I don't think we ever talked about going back to the previous name, but I think um, we did have some discussions about whether or not we would maintain the name. But honestly, like, we... Like we're we're so much. I mean, we're it's three of the four of us, and I think at this point, it's hard to imagine not being this name like that. We kind of built this as it is. Like this brand is us, and right. there's not really a big reason to change. Like I, I get, you know, I will always understand people's perspective because I've had the same kind of opinions. Just you know, talking about bands and stuff like that. But when you're in it, it just makes more sense to just kind of maintain. And I think, you know, artistically speaking, like Eric and Riley are a big part of our art direction and for VR, they are the art direction. Um, a lot of the drawings, you know, are merch and like stuff like that or CD covers like Eric creates a lot of those. Mm -hmm. And with all that in mind, I mean, it's really the same thing. It's just now we won't have vocals. So it's not really like, it wasn't really a change for us. Like I think if we were changing styles or like maybe, yeah, I mean, I guess that would probably be the biggest thing. If we're just like, we're totally switching up our music style, then maybe it would be, something we would change but i don't think that going instrumental necessarily is like that big of a change like it's still the same people making the music it's still the same type of direction that we always planned on going right it's just now we don't have vocals so kind of speaking to writing as much as you guys have i mean something anybody that follows you riley or, or eric know that you guys post a lot of ideas riffs uh drum fills patterns whatever it's been interesting to see you guys doing this, and part of me was always, like, before it was announced what was going on with the band, it kind of made me wonder, looking back now, was this sort of, like, kind of self-indulgent? Because, like, you know, sometimes people write all the time, and are they going to use everything? No, here might be a riff I'm kind of digging, but, like, it, it's not going to go anywhere, but fuck it, I'll post it. Is it that, or was it kind of hey, we're going to kind of post these jams and they're instrumental just to kind of get you ready for the fact that we're this is what we're going to be now. Um, I mean, kind of. I don't 
it wasn't so much that we were concerned about what people were going to think as much as just like, this is happening. So let's just share it. Right. And we're, we always are writing. Like, I mean, we, I mean, like you said, like we post a lot of, you know, random ideas and things here and there, but we, um, are definitely always writing songs and, you know, coming up with stuff. And even before Doug was in the picture, like we had a lot of material written, um, even for like for the EP, like all of that was written before we had a singer in mind at all. So I would say over half of Lift Your Existence, we had written instrumentally before we had any vocals in mind. And like, that's just what we're used to. So, I mean, for us, it was that's why it wasn't really a big deal for us to, to switch it up because it was like kind that's of a natural move anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and like we songwriting wise, like it had no effect on that. The only effect it may have had now that we don't have a vocal is just like now we literally can do whatever we want and not think about traditional structure if we don't want to. I mean, some songs have choruses on this record, but we didn't like, you know, stick to any specific writing medium. It was just like, let's just do literally everything we think is cool and just put it on this record. So for us, it was kind of like a, a fun way to go about it because it was just us doing every like like i said everything we thought was cool so that's kind of i think how we've generally always written but i think now just the fact that we can do that entirely and not think about where a vocal might fit in um is it's pretty fun to do and as far as like the other videos kind of demonstrating i guess we did uh i mean it was it was a cool thing to have stuff to like kind of show what is upcoming Mm -hmm. like what people can start to expect um but yeah, I mean, we we're always doing that stuff. You know, as you were saying that, you know, you and I know from listening to other interviews and stuff with uh, some of you guys that obviously I know that you guys write a lot all the time. Something I didn't, I guess, realize though is that you how much of the material, even you know, up until lift your existence, you know, potentially after the EP, before you even got Doug, was there really like it just kind of is interesting to think of some of those songs on on both those sets of albums. And think about them without any vocals. Was there ever a song that, when vocals got put to it, where you you just kind of were like, "Oh shit, this just took it way to another level than I, I really would have thought of because of the vocals being on it." Yeah, um, I don't have a specific one that comes to mind, I guess, but I would say most of the time we were like really stoked to hear vocals on the songs because I mean, at that in that era of us, like we always wanted a singer, so like we always were like. You know, we tried out way too many people before we had Doug, <laughs> and uh, no one really did anything we liked as much as what he did. And so it was cool every time to hear. I mean, of course, there are moments where we're like, I don't know if that's tight, but like most of the time, I would say we we're like, yeah, this is sick. And like it was, it was always nice to hear someone's like interpretation of the music and where they're gonna fit into it. You know, right? And I think Doug did a really good job of being consistent and i think his his style we're always fans of you know we liked the sleeping and what he did in that band and it was cool hearing his voice over our stuff for sure um but yeah i mean it's i don't know i i think a lot of the songs on lift your existence were pretty elevated by that i think i've lost my way back down on the ep was probably the one that that and uh be happy with yourself like those songs i think popped out to me at the time um because we did have a few versions of other people and no one's chorus hit quite as hard as uh, those. Yeah, that yell that Doug does right before you go back into the chorus on uh, I've yeah I've lost my way. Uh, yeah, Jesus Christ! Like well, I'm like the first time seeing it live, but then seeing like listening to the record, 
And I remember like that part still giving just actually just gave me chills now thinking about it. But it's like that's the kind of effect that it's like, you know, the part's cool. Like the way that it kinda hangs and comes back in like that, but it's like when you got that yell in the back, like that's to me like that would almost be like a Ross Robinson S part where it's like, here's this really raw fucking thing and we're gonna throw it right in before we come back in to just kinda really bring forth the emotional weight of this song musically too. So I was kinda wondering I think that sorry, go ahead. No, I was just that was pretty much it. Yeah, I think uh, that is like the biggest pro to having a vocalist like Doug too, because he has so much emotion and just like everything he does is just him at his peak raw, just like giving you everything. And that was one of the most like enjoyable parts about working with him and playing with him live and all kind of stuff is like, he's always just going all out the best he can be all kind of like just, you know, full throttle kind of thing. And I think, uh, yeah, like a lot of those moments were brought out even more because of his approach to them. And I think musically, you know, without vocals, you can still get to that point. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just that that's kind of like another reason why, like we wouldn't really consider replacing him. Cause I think what he did is unique and like kind of only his way of doing it, you know? Um, and yeah, so I think like, I, it was always really cool to hear him bring those moments out and like those moments live were even more exciting because of that. Kind of switching gears from from Night Versus and everything else, uh, you announced very recently that you have what I believe to be an EP's worth of solo material. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I was just gonna say, I mean, being that you post so much that you do, and and given the diverse range of Night Versus music, uh, stylistically and everything, what can we expect from this solo EP? Yeah. So basically, I write. I like to write um, a lot of metal stuff too. And when I say that, it can range from being like techie to just like, like basically this EP was me just trying to write the heaviest riffs I could and like the heaviest things. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say this is like, it's not hard to play or anything. It's not like the craziest stuff I could have done in terms of like the actual technical guitar playing, but it was me just basically like, fuck it. I'm just going to write some quick, I guess like in my opinion badass just heavy songs and um that's basically what it is so it's, it's just like I I'm a huge fan of a lot of different um the metal bands right now and stuff like that and I it's it was just fun for me to do and like I do plan to release more I guess you could say serious things as well um in terms of like my own stuff and I think this metal EP will just be I'm gonna have a, I'm, a, I'm gonna get a few friends to do some vocals on it and possibly a few drummers to kind of reinterpret the beats a bit and stuff like that as well. Um, I'm going to put it out as like my instrumental version first, like exactly how I wrote it, just because I think it's, I want to have something with, that was entirely me mm-hmm. um, for it. But then I do have, yeah, I have some other stuff kind of in the process with it too um, that I'm excited to like also put out. But yeah, I mean that it's more just literally going to be something I would say just to throw in when you want something to like bang your head to and not really, it's not really there to like, impress as much as just be like yeah this is it's just heavy shit <laughs> that's just like it's just pretty straight up <laughs> is there pl- like plans on like a release date or is it just going to kind of be like put it out when stuff kind of is available or what what is the idea behind all i that? didn't have a specific release date in mind but i think i'm going to put it out pretty pretty soon here um i mean it's done and i've actually i finished it a while back and i've just kind of been sitting on it mm-hmm so I'm just at a point now where it's like, before I hate these songs and don't think they're that cool, I should probably put it out. Um, but, which is, I mean, like, I've already 
moved on from it in the sense of like, I know I can do even more, like a more extreme version of what I just did. But like, I wrote those songs back in like maybe July of last year. Um, like kind of throughout the year, I would write bits and pieces, but I finished it around then. So it's just been kind of sitting on my computer and yeah, so I'm just going to put it out pretty soon probably, but no, it's not anything like, I'm not taking it seriously enough to like shop it to anybody or like try to tour on it or anything like that. It's, I just want it out. Like it's just something fun for you to listen to or whatever. Will there be, I mean, you said you already got some other stuff you've been writing. So you, you potentially just looking to kind of keep this kind of going as you probably have like a batch of five or six songs and eh, here you go. Right. I mean, I figure I'm going to release it under my name. So kind of like I'm going to start my own like umbrella of releases and I have a lot of music that I've written that isn't going to be for Night Versus. And sometimes I write things that I do plan to release for Night Versus. So those riffs I might like tuck aside sometimes, but then a lot of the stuff I write, like if we end up not using it, I'll probably just throw under my name and just kind of put it out. I mean, I don't plan to do another band as seriously as Night Versus. Um, so it'd be cool to have just another way of just releasing stuff on my own terms. And like, I can record and stuff too. So it's kind of fun to just have that outlet. And because I write so much and just have all this like kind of abundance of music, like I just want to make sure it goes somewhere and doesn't just exist in the depths of my logic folder and stuff. No, definitely. I'm, I mean, just the, the con, the quality of content that all of you guys collectively between night versus, uh, is kind of astounding i mean it kind of is one of those things where i know you're posting obviously things that like you think are cool but it's like just the amount of it you're just like fuck man like some people would be like if i could have one of those riffs <laughs> that, that i have written in the last like month that would be you know i'd be stoked but the fact that you're just like all right here's another one. Oh man here's another one i got another one you're just like shit man <laughs> i mean it's been it's fun for us man like we i've been playing together with them since so I was like 15 years old and I'm about to be 30. So like half my life has been playing music with them and we got so used to just writing all the time. And there was a big, I would say dry spell of not really doing anything besides writing and recording demos and stuff like that while we were trying to find a singer before we became night versus. So through all through those years, I think we really just got comfortable kind of working out ideas and like really getting to a point of not caring about, being super straight up with each other. Mm -hmm. So if like something wasn't good, we would just be like, Oh, that's not, let's try something else. Like that's not cool. And like, no one gets bummed about it. Like it's never like a thing like that. So I think through that process, we just got used to like just constantly doing things and not worrying about whether or not it's good or bad yet. And just kind of like, or, or, you know, worrying about it so much that it pushes us to do even crazier stuff, I guess. Um, it just all depends. But yeah, I mean, we, we definitely write a lot of stuff and I think, you know, Eric, on drums getting even more and more fluid with his drum pads and stuff like that. Like he can even write his own stuff. I mean, he did that whole solo. Oh yeah. That's like 40 minutes long. And he wrote that. That's just all him. So the ability between us to kind of just come up with ideas is, I mean, is a little more than we'll ever use for sure. I mean, each record we go into, we usually have like, you know, around 50 songs to pick from and not all of them are great, obviously, but like we definitely are able to kind of like, cherry pick like our favorite ones and like even at times break songs apart and make new songs out of it and uh yeah i mean it's definitely like a never-ending thing and it's pretty fun so my last couple of questions i can let you get back to your day this one's kind of more of a self-indulgent one for me you guys over the last 
this new record coming out and the the into the vanishing you guys into the vanishing light you guys ended up putting out on vinyl will we ever get a lift your existence uh the other two records basically on vinyl like is there talks of being able to do that because i know uh as a completionist of a band i'm like well it's cool that i can get the i have these two but i want these other two as well no for sure i think uh i mean we never did a physical version of out of the sky at all Right. That was just a purely digital release, and Lift Your Existence only lasted for a second because at the time we were on a label that ended up falling through. So the cool part is, is we those are ours entirely. So we it's kind of up to us when we want to put that out. But I do think we we do have plans of making vinyl for those. Um, I think it'll be a little more down the line probably, but right that will it will eventually happen. I think we we do have some kind of long term plans for the music we've made. Um, as a collective and stuff like that and <clears throat> yeah i mean that like it's also one of those things i'd like to also note that i think a lot of bands tend to ignore previous material and i think a lot of people might fear that you know that might happen with us as well like moving forward as instrumental and stuff like that but like we're fully aware of all the stuff we've done before and i think as tours progress and like you know we start doing more headliner things um, I think, you know, people can expect to hear some of the, like, bits and pieces of our favorite parts from those records as well. That's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, just to note that, because I, I know, like, it, but it's a bummer sometimes when you watch bands and they don't touch any of their old stuff. But, uh, yeah, anyway, I think we will plan to eventually release those on vinyl for sure. That's awesome. And then uh, I always kind of like to, this is where I have uh, the person plug the band or their own socials where people can follow you and then the last question is i like to end these episodes out with a song so what would you like me to play the episode out to and maybe a, a quick little story um yeah i mean i guess if you're gonna play some of our stuff i would say right now my favorite track we have out is probably phoenix the one we just released uh, levitation i think that song if you're gonna listen to our band even though it's a really long song i think that kind of encompasses everything you can expect from us on the record and just kind of like the future of what we'll do. Um, that song, you know, we put a lot of time into a lot of different changes happened with it. And I'm very happy with how it came out. I think Will will did a great job on that song on this whole record. I think his mix is awesome. And it's kind of one of those things where I can like take myself out of it and hear it as it is and not hear it, like trying to nitpick all the things that I wish happened maybe. Right. And not that I listen to every record that way, but it happens. And I feel like this is the first time where I really just don't have any, like, regrets or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, I would say probably that song. Okay. And to plug everything, I mean, yeah, you can follow our band um, at Night Versus on Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter, YouTube, I think is Night Versus Official. And then if you want to add us as individuals, um, we all follow, or we follow ourselves on Instagram to make it easy, but it's just our names, just at Nick DiPiro, at Eric and Prada, and at Riley Herrera. And, uh, yeah, we're all we're always posting stuff, so if you want to follow what we do there, like, definitely add us up. And then you guys have a tour in July with Strawberry Girls, I believe, or Strawberry Girls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should probably mention that. Uh, we're touring. <laughs> uh, we start on uh, June 29th, and uh, that goes until August 3rd, I believe. It's a full U.S., or mostly a full U.S. run. And, yeah, it'll be with Strawberry Girls. Um, and Andres, and we'll be direct support on that. Um, nah, I'm stoked for that tour because, I mean, those Strawberry Girls are cool. We, we met them, um, played a show with them in Silent Planet not too long ago, so we kind of met there. But uh, it should be cool. I mean, like, 
smaller shows, but it'll be like in, like more fun shows, I would say too. And are there any? I mean, I don't. Not anything's been announced, but at least uh, maybe one more tour to round out the year, perhaps. Yeah, we're working on some stuff. We want to try to get overseas uh, as soon as we can as well. So I think there's plans to do that and definitely more U.S. runs as well as some local stuff for everyone who lives out by us awesome. in uh, California. Well, again, thank you for your time. And, uh, again, the uh, new record from the gallery from the gallery of sleep. That's such a – the from part just always kind of catches me. From the gallery of sleep <laughs> comes out on June 29th via Graphic Nature and Equal Vision Records. Nick, thank you for taking the time and chatting today. Yeah, thank you, man. Appreciate it. All right. Keep in touch. All right, bye. So that was my chat with Nick DePero of Night Versus. Uh, I want to take the time to thank him again for coming on and chatting with me. Um, a lot of cool information in that. Uh, I've always enjoyed talking to the few people I've had on here who have worked with Ross Robinson in any capacity. Um, the man just is a, is a legend. And, you know, there's so many varied stories about what he's done as a producer to get the performances out of people that have gone on to become legendary performances and albums and so forth. And, you know, just kind of talking freely about kind of how fans' expectations weren't really met uh, as far as, you know, everyone thought that that Into the Vanishing Light record was going to be really great following Lift Your Existence and so forth. And I don't know. I, I've kind of often wondered if it is the Suicide Silence thing that kind of soured people on giving the Into the Vanishing Light record a chance or not. But it was it was really cool to hear Nick be so willing to talk about that aspect of things because I mean that's not really always the greatest thing uh, you want to talk about is sort of letting your fans down or your fans being disappointed in something you've done but adversely in light of everything that's happened with the band over the last year or so but everyone seems actually really stoked again uh, from the band getting ready to drop their new album from the gallery of sleep uh, out June 29th via graphic nature and equal vision records so I'm really looking forward to this new record I think uh, the fans are as well the reception seems very great uh, most of the pre-orders for the record uh, are selling very well if not selling outs uh, if you would like to actually go and pre-order this record you still have some time you can head over to nightverses.merchnow.com pick up uh, that sweet looking vinyl they just dropped uh there's also some other merch bundles i think uh but limited supply so if you want to support the band go pick up some pre-orders go support the band uh they're also getting ready to hit the road with strawberry girls and that tour will go from july 5th through the 31st so go support the guys see them and uh Tell Nick and the dudes what's up uh it's definitely a great show and i'm myself hoping to make it out to the De make it out to the detroit date and uh kind of get a glimpse of what Night Versus is now. Um, I think uh, I'm interested to, to see when and if they end up pulling out some of the older material, how that's handled. Um, if it's going to be more of a medley or whatever, with a band of the caliber that they are, I'm sure whatever they do is going to be very interesting and, and amazing as always. So very much looking forward to that. Uh, if you would like to follow... Night Versus, you can follow them at nightverses.com or simply just find Night Versus across Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, they are there. And then if you would like to follow Nick or any of the other dudes, uh, Instagram is the easiest way. Just go there. Uh, they have their uh, handles in the bio to the Night Versus Instagram, so just follow that. Uh, and if you would like to follow our other sponsors, you can follow The Bean Bastard over at The Bean Bastard on Facebook and Instagram and at TheBeanBastard.com. If you would like to follow Heartsick, you can find them on Facebook at Heartsick.us and on Twitter and Instagram at HeartsickBand. 
again, they have a new album they're getting ready to drop sometime this year. They're still kind of working on it. The joys of being a local unsigned band. Still got a lot of uh, bills and such to pay to, to kind of pay for the, the great sounding record they did. But if you dig that track, head over to their Facebook page. Let them know that I sent you over there, that you dug the song, and you want to hear more. Uh, go buy a shirt. Go buy some hoodies. They always have great merch. Uh, take take a lot of pride in having a lot of different merch options as well. Uh, but support that band. Every, every penny they make goes into getting this new record funded and out quicker. So go show them some love as they have shown me over here. If you would like to follow our partners at Moshpit Nation, you can find them at moshpitnation.com, on Facebook at Moshpit Nation West Capital MI, and on Twitter and Instagram at Moshpit Nation. And if you would like to keep up with what I'm doing, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at John's Entitled Podcast. Tweet at me at John's Entitled Pod, and email me at John's Entitled Pod at gmail.com. Gonna wrap this up with a song as we always do, and as you heard Nick say, he wanted me to end the episode out to Phoenix 4, Levitation. Uh, for those of you who may not be aware, on every album that Night Versus has done, there is a Phoenix song. So this is a continuation of the saga that they have been doing since the start of the band. Uh, always look forward to these songs. They're kind of all over the place and crazy. And uh, I think that's kind of the thing they like to do with these is just try to think really outside the box and get as creative as they can with these. Um, so this was always... Always one of the few songs that I always look forward to finding on the record uh, when they come out. So this is no exception. This song is really great. And if you're new to Night Versus, crank it up. Maybe this will be your introduction, but uh, go support this band. They're really great, and I think uh, whether it be the incarnation with Doug on vocals or from this version of the band going forward, I definitely think there's going to be something there for everyone to like if you're into metal, progressive metal, and so forth. So without further ado, this is Night Versus, Phoenix 4, Levitation. Talk to you guys next week.